This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Just be patient, and I know I stink. Everyone tells me I stink. Yeah, you're so the worst. I am the worst. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at com. I tell you, I'm not a very good catcher. I'm much better at getting high than getting low. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Inside the 15, BU later! Two plays and a touchdown! Everything happening in the sports world. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch! Stretch! Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes! And even some things not happening in the sports world. It's always you asking Steve if he's done things, and he says no. It's always him saying, no, I don't know what that is. I don't do that. No, no, no. He said, why don't you ask him some things that he does know? Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson who is ready to come out with his Mid-Kansas Sports Magazine here pretty soon, Mr. Steve Sell. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You look like the Pink Panther today. I am the Pink Panther. Looks good. Well, I don't know about that, but I think it's a good look for you. Thank you. It brings out your olive-colored skin. I do have olive-colored skin. I hope it's not olive-covered skin. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a little little, little weird. Yeah, no. No, I'm... In fact, uh, when I went up to a, I went up to an appointment. I walked in, and the lady says, "Man, I wish I had your tan." Well, Ooh. it's just because you know that's, I've got that kind of skin. You've got that Italian heritage. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Steve, the magazine is it here yet? It is at the printer. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna put the, uh, I'm gonna send off and get the PDF put online. But the magazine is done. Uh, previews of all the teams, uh, schedules, pictures. You have a column. I have a column. That's right. Um, and I thought it looked pretty sharp, just you know, from uh, from the aesthetic you know point. Uh, nice cover. Uh, uh, Business Solutions did a great job. Kim and Todd, they make me look good. Oh yeah. I mean, I mess up and they fix me. So uh, we'll have we will have it at the first home football game. Hopefully, uh, we'll have them before then. But we'll definitely have. I hope them. we'll have them before September thirteenth. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, the plan is to have them by next week. So, but I mean, we're going to give them out. At, I, I always wait for the first football game uh, to have them for the public, but they can also be picked up here. But uh, they go fast, and we'll have them for the, all the area schools. I'll make my usual pilgr- pilgrimage around to the area schools, drop off uh, their set of magazines, and they'll have them at their games too. Steve, I've got a lot of things I want to talk with you about today. Great. Number one. Las Vegas has come out with some prop bets Uh-oh. on Chiefs players. Okay. How many yards they're going to pass for, rush okay. for, receive for, touchdowns. I, I generally don't pay attention to that stuff. I know you do. I'm going to tell you're them. You're a numbers guy. I, I like them. I'm going to run some of those by you, Okay. and we're going to see what you think. Okay. Like an over-under type. Yeah, thing. yeah. Okay. Number two, I want to talk about the football jamboree, the high school jamborees that are happening this weekend, right. especially for McPherson's against Valley Center. Some of the rules, what's going to happen. I want to talk about that a little bit. And I do have a story at midkansasonline.com today. So we got lots of stuff up on the website today. I mean, let's face it, with everything that's going on around, we're going to be the primary source for anybody's 
sports news and McPherson the way things have been going. Well, Steve, the one thing I really wanted to talk with you about today first was a news story that came across yesterday, and it is nothing official yet, but it certainly had some people that are Kansas City sports fans alerted. I think everybody's eyebrows perked up a little bit, and they said, oh, really? You really think that's going to happen? And that is that there are rumors that David Glass, the owner of the Royals, 83-year-old owner, Walmart CEO, the the man of my great state of Arkansas, the natural state. A bazillionaire, almost. There are rumors that he wants to sell the franchise. And obviously the numbers for how much they would sell are astronomical. Right. Approaching about a billion dollars is where people would think it, it is probably at. Now, nothing has happened yet. Right. And really, David Glass has not talked about this publicly. David Glass doesn't hardly talk publicly, period. He hasn't said anything about this. He has right. not come out and said, I'm ready to sell. This is just speculation. And the name that was thrown into the mix here as somebody that could potentially be buying the team. Or head the group. Right. And to help people out, this would be a local group. Right. This would not be the Royals selling to some guy out in California and potentially move the team. Right. I don't think David Glass would do that. I don't think they would want to put them in the position where they would potentially leave. But the guy who we think could be heading this group to potentially buy the Royals is John Sherman. Do you know much about John Sherman, Steve? I, I don't. I just know he's a, he's a big wheel in the natural gas industry. Right. He's in the uh, energy business. And he's also on the board of the Cleveland Indians. He would have to He's div- a minority owner. He would have to divest himself of his Cleveland ownership b- before he's even eligible. And remember the board of directors, the uh, major league board of owners board of directors has to approve the sale. Similar to But I think I think it'd be a rubber stamp on this. Sim- similar to when was it Carolina that's that sold its team, the Panthers a couple years ago, they they moved owners I, I don't remember because they Jerry, had the Jerry, owner that Jerry Richardson was the oh yeah he was he had some racist thing or yeah, whatever Jerry, he did yeah, he made some bad and I think all the other owners had to approve it that that that's the most recent thing that I can remember with people approving the owners maybe the NBA with the Donald Sterling situation right. and whenever they brought in what Steve Ballmer is he the replacement for the him? guy the guy from Microsoft yeah, yeah Steve Ballmer so going back to John Sherman he is a Kansas City Royal fan and oddly enough, has had season tickets for the Royals for like 40 years. Mm -hmm. He moved to Kansas City, became a gajillionaire, and then his company, his energy company, went through a merger. And so he was handed a lot of money uh, about five years ago, six years ago. They call it the golden parachute. So they give you all this money, and I think that he had all this time on his hands and said, well, now I don't have to worry about this energy business. I've got a gajillion dollars. Mm -hmm. What do I want to do with it? And I think his first love was baseball, and he said, I want to get it on a team. And I think he's a Chiefs season ticket holder. I know he's a Royal season ticket holder still. So he is a Kansas City guy. He is a sports fan of Kansas City. And the group that he has is certainly interested if David Glass was wanting to sell. Now, if we go back a little bit and look at the history of David Glass with the Royals, of course, the first owners of the Royals, the Kaufmans. And they were Stadium named after them. They were tremendous. Ewing and Muriel. Right. I don't know very many people named Ewing or Muriel no, anymore. No, it's a great name. But they were great owners. I mean, they were beloved in Kansas City. You know, they were involved in the community. And then you got David Glass, who basically I I did a column today on MidKansasOnline.com about Ooh. this, and kind of I, I I referred to him as kind of a shadowy figure, 
And what I mean by that is he's always stayed in the background. His son is the president. Uh, really, David Glass, the only time we ever saw him is when the Royals made the World Series. Other than that, you know, he lives in Arkansas, and he's, you know, the big wheel at Walmart and uh, has more money than God. So, I mean, he just does, he doesn't get involved in the Kansas City community that much. So if I can go back and remember how that exchange happened. So Ewing Kaufman died in 1993. Right. And then they went through the baseball strike in 94. And so it was a really bad time for the Royals. And if I remember right, the Kaufman family still owned the Royals until 2000. Mm -hmm. And that's when David Glass bought the team. Do you remember how much he bought the team for? $96 million. $96 million. And that's not that long ago that that's what... So I guess probably the worst he's, baseball he's, franchise he's gonna, went he's, for. He's going to turn about a $900 million profit. Not bad. Not bad. After already being and, and a gajillionaire. Yeah, he's already in the, one of the world's wealthiest people. And now he, that's why I was hoping that maybe he'll give this group maybe what you'd call a hometown discount. You know, that you hear the term hometown discount. Because well, he's a Walmart guy. They're, he, they're, they're all good on discounts and rollbacks. He'd have to live 20 more lifetimes to spend all the money. I think he's 83, 83 84, somewhere right. in that 80, range. He's going to be 84 next week, I believe it is. So two things stuck out to me when I heard this news. Number one, what would Royals baseball be like with a new direction, with a new owner? Because they are a unique franchise in sports that they've only been owned by two people. That's right. Two and groups have ever owned them. They are in them. the third smallest market in baseball. I'm not sure. I think Tampa Bay maybe is. They're probably smaller. And I'd say Pittsburgh is maybe. What about Milwaukee? Milwaukee could be. But Milwaukee makes money. Right. They make a lot of money. Front row Amy. Yeah, front with, row With Amy. her great season oh, tickets. Oh, yeah. yeah. So my first thought is, what is baseball like in a small market with a new owner? And how will things be different? Because David Glass, let's face it, was very cheap with the Royals for the first 10 years he was the owner how about they didn't the, spend money how about the entire well I shouldn't say the entire time because they have boosted, because they did go all in yeah they went all in they boosted payroll now they I mean they get rid of Alex Gordon's salary after this year they still got Ian Kennedy's albatross contract you take those two contracts away and this is a David Glass delight because they don't have any <laughs> other guys that make moneyball yeah this is moneyball at its best this is this is cheap Going on the cheap, because really those are the two big contracts they have now. You got it's like the Indians in well, Major even League. Whit the Merrifield, movie. Whit Merrifield, I, I don't know who his agent is, but the guy has got to be clueless because <laughs> Whit Merrifield signed a contract for way under market value. Now Jorge Soler, you know, after next year will be coming up. We got to see if he's just a one-year wonder. We'll see what he does next year. But my guess is if David Glass is still owning the team next year and they don't make the deal. He'll probably let Jorge Soler walk because that's what he does when there's big money players. You look, you know, they had that great group of core players and they tried to make one last run. They should have known. And none of those guys really ever made big money in Kansas City. Hosmer, Mostakas, Kane, Low Kane. And then you had like, you know, some secondary guys, Escobar. Of course, Escobar has done nothing since he left the Royals. Jason Vargas, basically nothing. I still, I, I never understood why they didn't try to keep the milkman. I thought the milkman was a Milky. perfect. I thought he was a perfect royal because he could have just DH'd his whole career. I know that the Major League Indians owner from the movie, right? 
I know that that's kind of a dramatic version of it and how she's ready to sell the team and go to Miami and yeah. be able to live in the sun. Yeah, and but, she was rooting against her team. But that's a little bit what the Royals were like in the early 2000s what? with David Glass. Well, I put in my column, you look at... You they look traded at, all their good players away, You, look at, you look at the history of the Royals since David Glass has been there. From 2000 to two, the, the 2000s, they had one winning season. Mm. And that was two, two games over, or four games over 500. 83 and 79. Right. And then they had three. They had three winning seasons during that good run, where they had the good year where they won eighty nine, and then the thirteen, two, fourteen, and fifteen. Right. They had three winning. Well, they would have been what five hundred and eighty in in two thousand sixteen. They were five hundred and then eighty and eighty two, two years ago. And then last year, of course, they returned to the dark, dank, and dismal days. Mm-hmm. And this year they're going to lose a hundred. Next year they're going to lose a hundred. But I, I really think this is something the Royals franchise needs. They need some new blood, some new energy. They need local ownership, a guy that's going to be there, willing to put money into the and club. And wants to be there. Yeah, and wants to be there and put money in the club. I mean, I was, I was reading a story today. I think Stan, it might have been by Sam Mellinger. He uh, wrote a really good story uh, on the him. star. And it's how, you know, David Glass didn't want to add payroll. Even when they were making their two World Series runs, he didn't want to add payroll. He said, I'll trade prospects, but but I'm not going to – I'm going to add these high-priced guys as rentals for two months – but I'm not going to resign him. I'm not even going to try it. Like Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto. Yeah, Johnny Cueto and Ben Zobris. They were never, ever going to make a you know any kind of run after those guys, which is interesting because Johnny Cueto has not done anything since the Royals World Series run. He's been hurt basically the rest of his career. Ben Zobris was another World Series champion. Ben Zobris has done basically – he had one good year when the Cubs won it in 16. He hasn't done anything really the last two years. He's – been dealing with some personal problems this year. He I don't think he's even played, but about 50 games this year. My other instant thought, as we try and wrap this up, my other thought is, what's going to happen to Kauffman Stadium? With a new owner, new ownership group, what happens? Because, Steve, you go anywhere in Kansas City, and that's what people are talking about. They want but a downtown stadium. They are really interested in a downtown stadium. And even when I was there for Affiliates Day, one of the vice presidents of some sort of operations was talking about it, and he said, the question is there. This is about to be a 50-year-old stadium. We have done several facelifts to it. Right. What more can you do to a 50-year-old structure? And in my head, here would be a basic plan. Royals, at some point, move downtown. You take down Kauffman Stadium. The Chiefs then build their new stadium where Kauffman is, stay in the same parking lot, be able to play in normal Arrowhead while they build a new stadium. Okay. And then you get to tear down Arrowhead, you keep the same parking lot. Doesn't that make sense? And what does it say about What happens? What, where do they put it down? What does it how say, does it, how what does does it, it go say there? about Kansas City that they've had two sports franchises and basically the Chiefs have only had two stadiums in their history? They had Old Municipal Stadium. And they shared it. Yeah. And the Royals played in old municipal stadium and then moved into uh what well at that no. time royal stadium yeah royal stadium so yeah basically you look at atlanta they've had what two or three stadiums since in the last 10 years yeah the the interesting thing too when you when you mention that that they've pretty much only played well they have only played in two stadiums each how many owners have those two franchises combined had in 50 years well the hunt family has owned the chiefs the whole time and then the kaufman Family and the Glass family. Exactly. Yeah, so um, I still think, you know, I haven't been up to uh, Kauffman Stadium, but it's on, when you see it on television, it still looks just beautiful. It looks really good. It's it's really good. But 
I don't know. You know, I know they want a stadium downtown, but if the team's bad, the fans aren't going to come no matter what the stadium looks like. And that's why I think they want it to be downtown, though. The weirdest part about the Truman Sports Complex is that there is nothing around it. There's an old Drury Inn. Yeah, I there's, stayed there. There's a Denny's. Yeah. And then there's, like, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes building. Right. Other than that, there are, there are no the restaurants. Middle, it's out in the middle of nowhere. There are hardly any hotels. Yeah. There are no bars. Yeah. It's a strange place. Yeah. And that's why people want it to be downtown, so it has a different element than, let's go drive out into this parking lot and bring our own beer and burgers and hot dogs and grill that you get that Wrigley Field environment. Steve Bush Stadium is right in the middle of downtown oh, St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah, you see the And people Arch. love that downtown area. That I think for baseball, it could work there. Now and you're I'll a, be interested to see how long it takes. You're a Kansas City guy. I am. Where would they put that stadium downtown? Is there a place downtown? They've got a few spots that are close enough and a few lots that they have looked at. There's one that's pretty close to the Sprint Center, a little bit north of there. But they want it to be downtown, and yeah. they've got buildings that they could Would take I get down. claustrophobic? You would be claustrophobic. Oh, you know how Tall I, buildings. You know how I am around tall buildings. You'd think they're going to fall down on I, you. I, I freak out around tall buildings. All right, Steve. Good chat. You did a good job. We'll be interested to see what the Royals do okay. and if David Glass does end up selling. Let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk about football jamborees. What are the rules? What's going to be happening on Saturday down at Valley Center for the Bullpups? We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, are you excited to see a little live contact football this Saturday morning and for many people that are following the area teams Friday night? Yeah. Um, it's going to be quick. Be very uh, fast. Yeah. This is this for anyone expecting to, you know, go down to Valley Center and see like 80 or 90 plays. No. Uh, that's not going to be the case. I'm guessing this is going to be over in what, 30, 45 minutes probably? Probably less than an hour. Probably less than an hour. So, a lot of this is more of a teaching thing. Uh, if you go to midkansasonline.com today, I have a story. Uh, Coach Pavs you know, kind of his outlook for what he's expecting on the day. Can't find this kind of information anyplace else at midkansasonline.com. Or the Keisha website to find all the rules. That's right. So I wanted to go over some of the rules and what people could be expecting because you're right, it's not going to be a scrimmage per se. Right. Simulated scrimmage would maybe be the way I would phrase it. Yeah. That it's not going to be like, okay, we've got the chain gang out here, let's set it up, and the officials are going... It's not going to be like that. No. If you have seen these teams scrimmage in the summer, whenever they have some summer camps and practices where they bring Hayes or, let's see, they brought in Clay Center earlier this year. Right. When they bring in those teams, it's very simulated. It's very scripted. They will run plays. And typically what they do, and what I'm assuming they will do this weekend, is they will put one defense on the field first. Right. Let's say it's the McPherson number one defense. Number one. They'll put them out there for, let's say, eight plays. Right. 
while Valley Center and Newton, who are the other two teams that will be there, and it's at Valley Center, will throw their number one first team offense out there. They will run a play. Hand off to the left. They make the tackle. They put the ball back down where they want it. Then it's the Newton offense that comes out. Right. They run a play. They put the ball back down. Valley Center back out. Newton back out. So they alternate right. in order to help it speed up a little bit. Then, eventually, they throw out a new defense. They go Valley Center, number one And offense. I think they're going to have the JVs at the other end, right? Is that correct? I'm not sure about that. I want to say the JVs are at the other end. I don't know how many plays they are allowed to run as well. 36 and, I think 30. 36 is how many, but I don't know if you can divide that and say 36 for the varsity, 36 for right, the JV. Yeah. So they get 36 offensive plays, and I think that nobody will really be counting. I don't know if anybody will have their, their clicker. clicker over there and say, that was Kinda one. Like when, when Coach Strathman has to keep pitches on the uh, baseball game. That's right. I don't know if anybody will be exactly doing that, but there's no special teams involved. Right. You can't line up and practice punts or field goals or kickoffs. None of that will happen. It will just be very simulated scrimmage. And I would imagine with what we've seen these teams do, and especially being one week away from playing, they probably won't go full contact, tackling to the ground. A lot of it the will quarter, probably be... The, the quarterbacks will probably have like a different jersey or something like they, that. They don't want them to be hit. It will probably be a lot of wrap-up and try and keep everybody up off the ground because that's where a lot of the injuries happen, and you always hear them say, stay up, stay on your feet. Yeah. And I would imagine that's what we'll see on Saturday. But I think this is a good thing for the state of Kansas because you get to hit somebody else. Right. It gets you ready for week number one. You're tired one. of hitting the same people. Plus, you know, in when you have practice after two weeks, your defense knows what your offense is running, and so there's no big surprises. The other thing, Steve, think about that first Friday night. They turn the lights on. They're ready to kick off. You get the ball for the first time, and the offense goes out. There's a little bit of nerves for that first week. Sure. You have to hit somebody else for the first time. This, playing this a week earlier, on a Saturday morning with not very many people in the stands besides your aunt and your grandma, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe your distant cousin Billy. And us. Maybe he's in the stands. Yeah, and Jim and Steve and Pistol. Yeah. You get to get some of those nerves out of the way. This is a way to maybe relax a little bit more before game number one because yeah. it's a different animal when the lights are on and when every win is so important. And I think, think this is a really good dress and rehearsal. think of Coach Pav. He's got three quarterbacks. He's still auditioning. Yeah. And he wants to get a look at all three of them against somebody other than his own guys. So we're excited to see how this goes. And I know that all sorts of different teams are doing it. A lot of them are on Friday night. The way that they have this set up is that they picked either Friday or Saturday. The state did. They said you can do it on one of these two days. And I think that if McPherson, if it was up to the football team and their staff to say, when do we want this played? They would say Friday night. Right. Because that then gives you an extra day to get ready for the game the next week. Right. Where now they have six days to get ready. So I think in theory they would like to have it on a Friday night, but that is the night of the fall preview that they always have here. So it, it makes things a little interesting, and they'll, I think, in the next year or two be able to fine-tune some of the details with the Jamboree. And I think the fall preview, this is just me. I, I haven't talked to Shane about this, but it wouldn't surprise me if the fall preview moves to maybe Thursday. Thursday night wouldn't be a bad night yeah. for it. Yeah. I think that could do I well. I mean, it's over by 9 o'clock at, at the latest, so it's not like – you know, kids are missing homework or anything. 
Well, they might be. Well, they could be. Maybe they can just be like you and never do their homework. I just never did. That's a bad idea. Don't take schooling yeah, advice from Steve. Yeah, don't take any advice from me. I was, He'd say, yeah, you don't need that class I was, four, anyway. I was 49th out of 200 in my senior class. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got I, here. I was in the upper 25. What'd was, you get on your ACT? My ACT, I think it was like 24. Oh, yeah. You're a smart guy. Well. I had, I had faith in I you. I had great. Back then, I had great memorizing skills. I could imagine you rolling up to school on a Saturday morning after a long night on the town in Independence, Ooh. rolling in, rolling in last minute. It'd look a lot like those dazed and confused guys. I would run up. The, I'd run up the back alley. I could run the school. <laughs> I, I could make it in about a minute and a half running from my house to the high school because I lived right by the high school. Steve, we before we wrap things up here in just a minute. Did you see some of the latest stories from our guy Hayden Barber down at the Wichita Eagle? I did, and I posted. Uh, the stories that had something to do with the McPherson kids and bullpups are getting a lot of preseason uh, praise in a, a lot of different sports. That's what's very fun. I think he's done a great job this fall and we'll I have guess to have him still on the, kind he's a of friend summer. of the show. He is a friend of the show at making it more individualized. I think a lot of what we do isn't quite as individualized. We yeah. do a lot more team stuff. We're all about the team. We're, no we're, I and we. Yeah, no I and we. <laughs> Hayden will post a lot of things on individual athletes, and today he came out with rankings, power rankings by position, and would go through and say, this guy from Goddard is the number one running back, this guy from Andale is the number two running back. Go through positions. Cody Stuffelbean was the number one tight end. Jacob File was number three at defensive back. Mason Thrash was number four at linebacker. And then after all of that, went one through 100 and said, here are the best football players in Central Kansas. And I'm sure there's always pushback and somebody saying what about me what about this guy but it's a good list well thought out number two Cody Stuffelbean well Cody Stuffelbean is you know he's already committed to K-State uh he's just gonna blow up this year uh I I just think he's gonna have a sensational year he's gonna get a lot of double teams I think he's gonna really they're gonna concentrate so much on him I think Matt Ramey on the other side at the other defensive end he's gonna come from that backside and he I tell you He's going to get a lot of sacks this year just because so much attention's being paid to Cody Stuffelbean. We'll take one more break and wrap things up after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Tap, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, we're running out of time today, but I'm going to give you some prop bets from the great city of Las Vegas for Chiefs players. Damian Williams. Rushing yards this year, 825. You taking the over or the under? Under. Taking the under. Okay, Tyreek Hill. Receiving yards, 1,100. Over or under? That's, I'll go over. Over, there you go. Samuel Watkins, 650 receiving yards. Over or under? Under, he'll get hurt. There you go. I, I like the optimism. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, 1,110 receiving yards. Too many yards, but he'll be around 1,000. Sacks. Chris Jones, 10. I'll take the under. Frank Clark, sacks, 11. I'll take 
I'll take uh, – that's a push. I think that's about what he's going to There you go. Patrick Mahomes, passing yards, 4,500. I'll take the over. There you go. I like it. Touchdowns, 35 and a half, over, under. I'll take the over. There you go. I like it, Steve. You're feeling good. Well, because they're not – I don't think they're going to be able to run the football, and they're just going to have to throw it every day. Interceptions, 12. I'll take the over. Okay. No I, show tomorrow, Steve. No show? Royals in the afternoon taking on the A's. Ooh. No show then. The Chiefs play the – whoever they play. Green Bay. Green Bay Packers. That's right. I almost had to look at my sheet over there. They play at Green Bay tomorrow night. So, it's a double dip of Chiefs and Royals. Ooh. Very rare. Wow. Fun day. Ooh. We are your number one source for sports. Teddy Matthews, as well as Mitch Holtis. That's right. All right, wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you on Friday. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.